0: and load this is steve dace the steve day show
1: and greetings happy friday thanks for tuning in here today live and on demand on blaze tv radio and podcast i'm steve dace aaron mcintyre totters and are here with me as well is the number. We have a special guest that will be joining us here for the first hour in just a moment because it's time for the Dace Group in a moment. 888-900-3393 is the number. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. At Steve Dace Show. If you are listening to us today via the podcast, first of all, thank you. No matter however or whenever uh, you are choosing uh, to be a part of our show, we are very honored that you would take some time out of your schedule to carve out for us. We are appreciative. We'd be even more grateful if you'd leave us one of those five-star reviews because the more of those we get, the more the Skynet algorithms help us to find more people like you and therefore the more likely it is we get to contribute to more good jobs reports here because there's other than Aaron who might have a might have a future with amateur in table building. Todd and I are pretty much screwed if we cannot do this for a living and I don't think you want us out on the streets. I don't think you want that, right? So do it for the children, ours. Leave us more and more of those five-star reviews. In fact, if you've already left us one, just go ahead and uh, you know spam the inbox. I don't know if that's permitted, but vote let's find times. out. Yes, let, let's let's find out. Pretend, pretend you're a Democrat in an American inner city, and they they went they rounded you up in your neighborhood to vote again tonight. All right, just keep doing that. We would appreciate it. Thank you very much. And with that out of the way, it is now time for the day's group.
2: And no audio whatsoever. Do you want me to sing this? Do you mind? Yes, go ahead. I mean, Comment. there and, and there it is. is. You know what?
1: The machine, when you when you threatened to sing that, the machines and hell no,
3: takes a firm hand.
1: Boy, yes. I'm really confident in this computer today. Yeah, well, you should be. It clearly was paying attention. You threatened to sing, and the computer said, "All right, that's enough." All right, we, we'll, we'll have to. Oh, the adults have got to take over uh, this show. Our good friend Shannon Joy is here with us, New York talk show host, the fourth member of our panel. Good to see you, Shannon. How are you?
4: Hey, fellas.
1: Well, let's get started. It is your weekly look at the week that was. And hopefully, these elements that you've prepared, Aaron, are going to work. Hopefully. I'm giving it all she's got, Captain. Well, hopefully, you've got more dilithium crystals over there, brother. I I checked them
2: all today. So, one way to
1: find out. Well, let's find out. Issue one Bleep, Democrats say.
5: We are destroying children's lives of arbitrary lines in the sand
0: As a presidential candidate, what are your thoughts on the electoral college? Uh,
3: I want to get rid of
0: it. And by the way, you know I sit on the stand and it get hot I got a lot of I got hairy legs that turn that, that, that turn, uh, um blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair. Come, come back up again. They look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap.
5: So here's the deal, guys. Um, my campaign for president simply does not have the financial resources to continue. I do think that women are still held to different standards as candidates.
0: It's a damn shame now that the only African-American woman in this race who uh, has been speaking to issues that need to be brought up um, is now no longer in it. And we're spiraling towards a debate stage that potentially we're still fighting to get on it, but could have uh, six people with no diversity whatsoever. You <laughs>
5: Women are held to a different standard, and black women especially held to
3: different standard. I agree. Uh, earlier in the segment, as we were talking about former Navy Secretary Richard Spencer, we mistakenly showed the wrong image uh, of white supremacist Richard Spencer. Very deeply sorry for that mistake. My goal is to get elected and
2: then to be the last American president elected by the Electoral College. So while the president can name his son baron, he can't make him a baron.
1: It hurts my heart, Mr. Speaker. To see the Judiciary Committee hearing experts on the topic of impeachment,
0: one of the seminal issues of this Congress, hearing experts, Mr. Speaker, and not one
3: person of color among the experts. Just just to be clear, uh, it sure sounds like you support impeaching the president. Do you support impeaching and then
0: the Senate removing him from office? I'm going to reserve uh, any kind of a, a public judgment on that. <laughs> <laughs> Xi Jinping is not a dictator. He has to satisfy his constituents or he's not going to survive. He's not
1: a dictator?
3: No, he has to. He has a
0: constituency to, uh, to, to, to uh, um, uh, answer to.
1: We are already seeing evidence that conflict and migration crises are increasing because of things like droughts and fires that are accelerated by the problems in our climate. There's some evidence that this contributed, for example, to the Syrian civil war.
3: And you are telling me you're gonna light up city hall to honor black and brown trans women? You're gonna light up a city hall that has police and police are a part of the problem. I just wanna say, how dare
5: you corrupt the symbols? of my trans and gay siblings.
0: These people have the black leaders. Who organized this? We have a police crisis in this town. Why are we talking about people?
1: First question. Dude, I got to say this, though, about Kamala Harris. And we'll get more into her next segment. So let's, let's let's no one pick her for their thing because we're talking to talk about her in the next segment. But I don't have the funds to run. She has $10 million in her campaign account, which she can just roll over into our next Senate reelect bid. She has $10 million. Okay. If, if you had that, if she had demonstrated that level of gangster lane, this entire campaign, she wouldn't be, she wouldn't have dropped out this week. All right. But um, your favorite fun size candy bar of hell spawn this week, Todd was what? Go ahead.
3: Uh, I, I love the pandering smugness of the white guy who takes the mic away. Uh, with The black the, lives uh, matter
1: uh, shirt from the, from the black woman. It's and so the black great. women are chasing him. Yes. While he, while he proceeds to say, basically they are a bunch of racists. That he cares more about what happens to the black community than they do, right?
3: That we talk about the things that should be roll tape Donald Trump campaign commercials, especially that in inner cities. I mean, it, you, you, the, 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 the how little you are respected if you are sitting in that room, in that audience by that special snowflake is, is what you need to, whether, wh- no matter what minority uh uh tribal population you have to be that has been on the reservation the democratic party for however how how long um your job is to sit like a good little boy and girl and do what you're told if you want to stay there that's on you now granted not many great alternatives on the other side of the fence <laughs> I was gonna
1: say, so I couldn't, couldn't figure out if you were describing their experience yeah. being <laughs> or Democrats ours. or mine being a Republican. But continue. Yes, but yes.
3: Okay. You're right to think about doing something different, something better, something not at all other than staying there. Just get on with your life.
1: I got to tell you too, from a worldview standpoint, I, I think we need to point out on our show mere... Mere political partisanship of even the most rabid variety does not produce that kind of behavior within human beings. So when we talk about this as a cult, it is the, it is the spirit of the age rival religion that is at, that is at war with the Judeo-Christian view at, at this moment in the zeitgeist. That, see, do you know it does produce that kind of reaction from people? Religious zealotry does. Religious zealotry produces that kind of reaction in people, that kind of absurdity, that, that kind of, I've, I've just lost all perspective, um, that level of sanctimony. Mere, mere political allegiances, even of the most partisan variety, do not produce that kind of behavior. But religions do, particularly false ones. Cults do. And that's cult-like behavior, how dare you speak against the cult? How dare you speak against the cult leader? How dare you violate my groupthink? That's what you watch in the clip, Todd, that you're talking about. Nailed it. Shannon.
4: Well, my knee-jerk reaction was to go with Samantha Michelli because, I mean, it evokes a little bit of nostalgia and, you know, everybody grew up loving Alyssa Milano, and so I Every time she uh, puts on a performance, I I tend to enjoy it as crazy as it is. But I have to go with along the same lines as what Todd was saying um, about the LGBTQ, Black Lives Matter. I mean, these radical fringe groups from the left. And it's almost it almost makes me a little bit hopeful because I really think in some ways they've kind of jumped the shark a little bit. The performance by a little bit. uh, You think they've
1: jumped the shark a little bit.
4: Sister, sister, they
1: have swam. They have swam from pole to pole. They've 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 passed Magellan in the fast lane, okay? Yeah yeah, yeah so yeah they've jumped it a little bit. I'm sorry. Continue. Yes. Go no, ahead.
4: I see. I mean they can't take yes for an answer. Here you have <laughs> yes. elected bodies who are I mean they're giving them as many bathrooms as they want, all t- kinds of accommodations. I mean anything they ask for they're getting. Yet it's just not good enough. And so this is the kind of behavior that that does begin to 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 illuminate in the minds of people who kind of are on the sidelines, who think, oh, well, this is about people who just want to be accepted. And they start to look at this stuff and think, all right, this is getting a little cray. I mean, this is going a little bit overboard. And so I actually come away with today's montage feeling a little bit uh, hopeful for the future, maybe, because if they continue with that, uh, we might be able to get our message out.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it is December 6th, 2019. A date which will live. What's the opposite of infamy for me? What's the opposite of infamy? Do you guys know? Is it just for me? Renown. A date which will live in renown. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you for Googling that really quick. It happened. I didn't think it could possibly occur. It is indeed a Christmas miracle. Shannon Joy is more optimistic than we are. I feel like we should just go home. I don't know where to go from here. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do. I mean, Shannon Joy literally just spread some joy. She lived up to her namesake. Finally. And, and like, I, I don't even agree with that at all. Cause I think this, I think we have, we have, we are just beginning to actually find out that the rabbit hole has no bottom, but I don't want to step on this. I don't want to get in the way of Shannon spreading Christmas cheer. So I'm going to let a point. I don't even agree with, I'm just going to let it stand because I, I think, I think America needs an optimistic Shannon joy right now. Feeling joyful. Indeed. Feeling joyful. Aaron. Yeah. Yes. Um,
2: so I, I was going to say, you know, the, um, the, the trans city council meeting in Olympia, Washington. Also cult behavior. They're, they're, yeah. they're, going, they're literally upset after all of these years of public institutions and businesses and corporations pandering to this very, very small group of people. They are now upset that City Hall is going to be decorated and lit up in the colors of the rainbow flag because, city, because police violence that's, that's what they're saying there. Um, but we've already touched on that. So I would say, other than that, my favorite was Adam Schiff answering that question about whether he supports oh, impeachment yeah. and dropping a nice, hot pile of Schiff on everyone <laughs> by saying that. Uh. That, I mean, that was wonderful right there. Do you support impeachment? I'm not going to make a judgment on that publicly. Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: Binary choice, Aaron, gun to your head, you must choose. Which is the more brazen uh, turd with corns in it lie from Adam Schiff in the last two weeks? A, I don't know the identity of the whistleblower, as he claimed before Thanksgiving. Or B, I'm not sure, you know, whether I'm going to support impeachment or not. Which one? Yes. Yes. Indeed. I mean, what that is, in fact, that's, that's actually the same stool sample. Dude, just dude, you know, that get, that get in my belly guy from Austin Powers 3 came in and demanded a courtesy flush. And so Schiff just gave you a courtesy flush. That's actually the same bowel movement. All right. So, that, so Aaron was correct to reject the binary choice. There was no binary choice. That was the same stool sample from, from Adam Schiff. We- Todd, your thoughts?
3: I don't think we can maintain Shannon's level of joy with that many poop analogies. I think it's back redlining.
1: The new logo for this show in 2020, we're kind of deciding what's our theme going to be. It's just going to be a poop emoji. That, that's, our, that's our new logo. Exit question. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being as pathetic as Lindsey Graham's T-Level and 10, as vigorous as Ilana Omar's anti-Semitism rate at this week's level of the cray-cray, Shannon?
4: I'll go with a 5. Middle ground.
1: Wow
3: yeah it was strong at the end, I agree though, but mostly I just saw a lot of mediocre human beings there. I don't know so, man I,
1: this this is a ten for me Ar- uh, arguably the dumbest speech in the history of the United States Congress it's it's it, now granted, it's in the conversation like ten thousand other speeches, but it's in the conversation it's a this is a rather large solar system okay it's a it's a constellation of dumb, okay, but at the very least that al Green. The, the your, you know the, the impeachment is racist because there's not enough, um, whatever, uh, pansexual, vegan, Muslim lizard people, mm-hmm. all right? Hey, I finally got it right. Did Mo- I get it, it right? No, it's Muslim, atheist,
2: vegan, pansexual, lizard people. I person. thought we just had yeah.
1: another Christmas miracle, but by golly, no, we didn't, all right? You throw in arguably the dumbest speech in the history of the United States Congress with the cult behavior that you pointed out, the other cult behavior that Aaron pointed out, whatever the hell Alyssa Milano is crying about, you know, it's... We used to have one of my buddies used to have a girlfriend back in the day. I can't, and we used to have a saying, It ain't really a party until she was crying. Know what I'm saying? Okay. It ain't really a party until Alyssa Milano's gone crying on some social media account. That's when you know it. it's officially a party. She's crying. It's officially a high school dance. She's crying. All right.
3: So you were already a 10, like two seconds yes. into the
1: montage. Yeah. This thing's like a 75 to me. Are you kidding me? Did
4: you all have a crush on her, though? I mean, come on. Like, yes. Let's have- didn't everyone love Alyssa? I mean Samantha. Yes. I mean, who's
1: the boss? Good. The you even pulled out the last name of the character. I'd totally forgotten about that. Nice. I mean,
4: girls loved her too. I loved every girl wants to be her. Every guy had a crush on her. It's fascinating to watch.
1: Aaron, what's your score? Uh, my score is uh, eight. Eight. Yes. Really, I'm at a six, six. I'm at a six 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 right now. So that's, uh, where that's where I'm at. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Issue two. Kamala. Kamala. Whatever her name is, drops out.
5: I've taken stock and I've looked at this from every angle. And over the last few days, I have come to one of the hardest decisions of my life. So here's the deal, guys. Um, My campaign for president simply does not have the financial resources to continue.
2: And with that, Kamala Harris is no longer in the Democratic primary race for the White House. After this moment with Joe Biden in a late summer debate, it seemed her stock was rising rapidly.
5: It was hurtful. To hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country.
2: But as the race went on, it seemed to Kamala Harris that Democratic voters were both racist and sexist.
5: I have also started to... um, perhaps be more candid talking about what i describe and what i believe to be the elephant in the room about my campaign what is that electability what do you mean electability you know essentially is america ready for a woman and a woman of color to be president of the united states
2: and that sentiment was echoed after she dropped out
5: I do you think that women are still held to different standards as candidates <laughs> you women are held to a different standard and black women especially held to a different I
4: agree standard. and i think At the same time, she had the double edged sword of not just being a woman, but being an African-American woman and the
5: judgment and the standards that she had to deal with as that with that baggage.
1: This was a this was the Democrat primary. Nor does she
3: say what the judgment or the baggage actually is just throwing garbage out there. They grabs you know the harsh things. What, what exactly is that?
1: It's it's that I've got to produce content for my audience and their audience is a bunch of East Coast and coastal uh, white affluent lefties. Black people don't watch those channels or those shows. Look at the demographics. The numbers are all there. They're talking to white lefties who hate themselves in America. That's who they're talking to. That's why everything has to be racist. And you know that's... That's why Al Sharpton has fourteen Orange Theory accounts. Let's get to the first question. Um, where did Kamala go wrong, Aaron? Well, she she went
2: wrong by thinking that she could be a typical a, a, a typical cutthroat, maybe, uh, or a typical typical um, intersectionality um, intersectionality unicorn in. In an era that is completely atypical and totally cultish, she was not cultish enough. She met two high rungs on the intersectionality totem pole. She was black and um, and and she was a woman, and that was not good enough because she thought that she could just go out there, and um, her blackness and her womanness would maybe uh, help her coast along as long as she was sticking to some of the. Um, More, uh, I don't know, uh, some of the more uh, mainstream leftist ideologies because she was she was there was nothing particularly special about her. She wasn't iconoclastic enough if she would have come out maybe as lesbian um if she would have uh, also just started railing on Christians, I, if she would have done that every answer, just parlay it into uh rage against I don't know somebody like Mike Pence or somebody like that. she was just not iconoclastic enough. I think she actually thought I think she actually thought that 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 her intersectionality scorecard would actually get her through this, and she learned that. That that wasn't that wasn't the case at all. she has to be angry. She was not angry enough. She has to be iconoclastic. She was not iconoclastic enough.
1: I think, and this is probably a tease for two weeks from now when we do our end of the year roundtable. So spoiler alert. I can't make up my mind if it's my favorite or most despised political moment of two thousand and nineteen was. Tulsi Gabbard knifed her campaign by pointing out she put criminals in jail cells, Kamala Harris, and was celebrated by conservative media and, and the Trump White House. Um, and, 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 and that's how Tulsi Gabbard largely, originally, I should say, became a conservative media sensation, was knifing Kamala Harris in that debate for putting too many uh, uh, criminals behind bars. And then to see the, the Trumpistas come out and say, and, and attack Kamala Harris from the left on crime. Yes. Yes. That's where I'm either that, um, uh, I mean, the, who's, who's, what's the guy who plays Doogie Hauser? What's his name? I always forget. Patrick. Neil Patrick, Neil Patrick Harris. Harris. I'm either that Neil Patrick Harris gif where he puts the, like that, or I'm the Jack Nicholson and I'm probably, I'm probably, I'm prob- yeah, just I'm probably both, actually. Todd, where'd she go wrong? What do you think?
3: Well, uh, yeah, this is where I was definitely wrong. I, I, the one, I coined it. I, she'll cut you. Turns out not so much. Uh, listen, this is ultimately with the progress, with whether it's impeachment and why they have to go through with it as Steve just, uh, or as Steve has said before, Or, or getting securing this um, seat at the table in the Democrat Party. I mean, are you not entertained? And it turned out she was too nice.
1: How about apologizing for liking cheeseburgers? Do you think how cutthroat was that? Do you think she
3: was too nice, and the nice in ways that I actually found once she reached the status of front runner there for whatever two weeks or at least amongst the front runners, right? But then she also, I, and so then not only did I see her as an ability to secure the nomination, but to me, the, and this is where trying to be honest with yourself at all times on the reality and how it's going to play out multiple steps ahead. Then I saw the niceness when like a, that old woman in the home, like kind of started chastising her about leaving alone, my Medicare. Yep. And I thought she handled it yep. wonderfully. Very gracefully. I agree with you. Yeah. And honestly, but yep. progressives Progressive. Surely handled wa- it
1: better than Joe Biden handled uh, uh, an 85 year old that's an evergreen questioner yesterday here in Iowa. But here's what progressives <laughs> want. How about some push ups, man? How about challenging some push ups? Because that. that's what America wants. Okay. If there's an if there was ever the ultimate okay boomer moment, it's eighty five year old guy challenging eighty year old presidential candidate who responds with, How about we settle this with push ups? That's America, baby. Go ahead, Todd. I'm sorry sorry
3: well she and she had moments when uh she was e- laughing about jokes uh, or so-called jokes on stage during debates and people yep. thought she was really clumsy or awkward um but really I, i'm serious with that grandma what the, the the her base really wants they they want her to grab that grandma by the hair and look her in the eye and like rubber noses and what did you just say to me that's what they want and it turned out she was just too nice much to my shock. I, I,
1: I, I think that's a great read. You know, I, yeah. I think that, I, you know, one of my biggest complaints of the Trump presidency is I was very fearful of him being an authoritarian and he's not authoritarian right. enough for me. Okay. And he just sits there and just takes it from the swamp and the courts every single day and the administrative state. Um, I, I would never have guessed this woman really isn't cutthroat and craven. She's really not. Maybe, and, and maybe she, she probably thought that she was, right? The, you know, playing tag with Willie Brown and doing the, the traditional stuff you do to cutthroat, climb the ladder. But, but she was playing a political game from a, you know, from a bygone era, all right? When she ran into, hey, I brought my, my, my son here and I'm removing his penis and testicles next week and Elizabeth Warren has cheered for me and he's 12. What are your thoughts? And I've got to apologize for a cheeseburger, Right. Yeah, I think that that the 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 grin that you just had, I know she she had those exact kinds of facial reactions to this stuff. Yeah, and so I think that she thought Shannon she was cutthroat. I think that she thought she would hey I'll sleep my way to the top, whatever I got to do. But she's playing another. She's playing a simple game of polit- political opportunism. She had no chance up against this zeitgeist at all. None.
4: Well, yeah, I absolutely agree. And you know that I think that a lot of these things are prescribed and that uh, the candidacy is already baked into the cake for 2020. But 2020 is a razzle-dazzle election season. All right. We want to knock down, drag out between Trump and someone who's going to get a lot of media headlines. And it's got to be enough to distract everyone from everything else that's going on in Washington, D.C. So Kamala Harris, uh, really, I think, you know, she she lost because she is not an old white establishment male. And she might think it's because the Democrat Party is harboring, uh, you know, inner racism or sexism. But it's really specific. She's not Joe Biden. Joe Biden, in my opinion, is baked into the cake. It's over. And so everything that we're going to see now for the next few weeks or couple months, uh, five, six months, is really just a show. But the 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 challenge is going to be between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. We're all going to be distracted by impeachment. The whole thing with Hunter Biden and all of his dealings in Ukraine is going to be uh, fodder for the Republicans. The impeachment is going to be fodder for the Democrats. Everyone's going to raise a lot of money. Donald Trump is going to win and rinse and repeat. I mean, this is... And so for me, the, the, the real problem with Kamala Harris was that she was not the chosen candidate. And so one by one, we'll see them drop out.
1: If Kamala Harris's political future were a journey song, which journey song would it be? A, Don't Stop Believin', B, Separate Ways, Worlds Apart, or C, Girl Can't Help It? Aaron. Girl Can't Help It. Shannon?
4: Girl Can't Help It.
1: Agreed. You guys all agree. Yeah. Meaning that, you know, she's she's going to be back. She, what else? What else she to do with her life, right? She didn't yeah. come this far, right? We, I, it's fascinating that, Shannon, you believe Joe Biden's going to be the nominee. None of the three of us actually believe that. Yeah. That's interesting.
4: I, come on, Joe Biden. None, none, of, none of the three of us think like he'll be the nominee. i get in my lap with the kids. I mean, there's nothing better from a. a an entertainment perspective, which is what I think this is, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong.
1: Here's the thing I've lost. You're right. But I lost faith in the screenwriters with the, let's have an impeachment because um, Trump wanted uh, to expose the political corruption of his, of his opponent, use the heavy handedness of his office to expose the political corruption of his opponent. But if his opponent wasn't an opponent and was just a run in the mill person named Joe Biden, who was not going to run for president, it would be totally okay to do this. But since Joe Biden's going to run for president, it's not meaning your, your plot line, you want a plot hole. Your plot line is it's okay to be corrupt if you're running for office, but if you're not, then we can expose you. I, I really expected a lot more. I mean yeah. I, after Julie Swetnick and r- r- marauding b- bands of gang rapists you know and uh you know and, and and Deutsche terrible. Bank subpoenas I expected a lot more than this so I'm kind of out I'm I'm a, I'm I'm with the Trump show where, where 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 Todd is now with Star Wars I'm just assuming the worst of every of every plot line now that's yeah. where I'm at yeah I think they're just out of ideas right I mean Biden oh, I agree with you yeah. it, it, the way Biden has broken down already he, the dude, I think he's incompetent, Shannon. I really believe that. I think he's mentally incompetent. Like, if, I, I think I, I think if this was a, a Fortune 500 company and you were fighting with him, you could get in a court of law. You could get your investors declared him mentally incompetent. I believe that. So I agree with you that it would be a good plot, just to see him out there just mentally deconstruct for nine more months. But I don't think he's going to win any of the the first two early states, and then I think he's doomed. But we'll see. Okay. We'll come back and we're going to discuss hashtag Jonathan Turley didn't kill himself next. here on the steve day show live and on demand on blaze tv radio podcast i'm steve days todd and here with me aaron mcintyre as well as the fourth member of our day's group panel uh, shannon joy new york talk show host joining us uh, on location from her studio let's get to issue three hashtag jonathan turley didn't kill himself
2: george washington university law professor jonathan turley made headlines during this week's impeachment inquiry hearings
0: Uh, George Washington was the first guy to raise extreme executive privilege claims. He had a rather robust view of what a president could say. If you were going to make a case to George Washington that you could impeach over a conversation he had with another head of state, I I expect his hair, his powdered hair, would catch on fire. I can't emphasize this enough, and I'll say it just one more time. If you impeach a president, if you make a high-crime and misdemeanor out of going to the courts, it is an abuse of power. It's your abuse of power. You're doing precisely what you're criticizing the president for doing. And what we leave in the wake of this scandal will shape our democracy for generations to come. I'm concerned about lowering impeachment standards to fit a paucity of evidence and an abundance of anger. I believe this impeachment not only fails to satisfy the standard of past impeachments, but would create a dangerous precedent for future impeachments.
1: His comments, I thought, were fascinating. I totally agree with what he is saying about the big picture of of what they're trying to relegate for impeachable conduct. You guys know what I think. I don't think we need the court's permission to do a damn thing. And this has kind of touched off an interesting debate with people who are normally in agreement with one another, Mark Levin and Andrew McCarthy, have kind of been going back and forth on this this week. And that's always good when you see people, uh, I don't think there's, nobody has to be monolithically in agreement on everything. It's okay to have disagreements and to iron them out. Um, Let's take a step back from all of this. What 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 is this? What, what is their strategy with these hearings and the way they're going about? Do you think? What what do you think their strategy is? Not 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 what is our reaction or analysis, but if you were in their cloakrooms, their caucus rooms, as they huddle together and 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 plot this out, what what is it they think they're accomplishing by going about it? We've all we all know why they're doing it. We've already discussed that we don't have to go through that conversation again They have to do this or their base is going to light themselves on fire. They have to okay But but then there's a strategy for doing it as successfully and or with the least amount of blowback and collateral damage as possible You have to assume they've at least Game planned it out along those lines So what do you thought todd? What do you think they think their strategy is? for how and why they're going about it the way that they are.
3: Well, I'll just reset what I've said before. They they don't really have evidence and they showed uh, in kavanaugh that they don't you know care about lying what evidence is anyways but they there was so little to even try to lie about in this case they, they it's what i said about the ted talks and they just tried to twitter this whole thing social media this thing hopefully something goes viral so just go out there and put the people out there like the crazy woman who starts you know doing fresh jams and uh, yo mama jokes about Barron and see if uh, something happens and you never know if Trump's going to get on Twitter and say something and basically go full Lester Holt like he did to start of the whole Russian collusion thing that's what this has been all about if 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 the assumption all along is that the vote had to happen no matter what mm-hmm. then you you just go out there and shamelessly
1: emote because you're shameless so cool we can do that okay i get that why why did they think bringing up constitutional professors who don't even really even believe in the constitution why did they think that was a winner i'm curious what why, why do you think they thought that w- because if if that's what this is about and well, i agree with you then why bring up some some lefty eggheads no one knows or cares about to bore everybody well, to tears stay on the emotional tip you, then
3: well you you had to have the emotional tip with the veneer of legal something or the other and then also you said they're these they're so myopic uh they they truly think these people are better than everybody the best of the best and uh and so you can't see your own weak spots anymore i mean
1: basically you had to look at the kinds of people elizabeth warren thinks ought to control your life and make your decisions for you basically right
3: but when they're around each other, you you know that, that they what, what's her name the uh, the woman in the like glasses like you know she
1: plotted that, that barren joke out yeah. on fifteen yeah, of her, of her faculty peers and they all you know had got knee slaps out of it right.
3: But the people who picked her think she's a lion of the craft. She's instead of a joke, which she is.
1: Yeah, whoever that the uh, the 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 nurse ratchet wannabe that the Republicans picked on the Kavanaugh hearings last fall she called and thought maybe they should have gone with some livelier witnesses. Yes, Yeah. Shannon, or Aaron, you want to go next? Yeah, go I, ahead.
2: I, I think I had an epiphany perhaps. So I, I think we're all somewhat in agreement that this impeachment is happening primarily because it's what their base wants. I think there's maybe a, another primary reason that we really haven't, haven't examined too much. Most of the witnesses that have been called, I'm sorry. Witnesses that have been called to testify in these public impeachment inquiry uh, testimonies uh, and hearings. They, they are all, for the most part, as you said, eggheads, entrenched bureaucrats, administrative states, um, specialists, if you will. I think what's really happening here, at least in some part, is that these congressmen and women... They go to the same. They go to the same galas. They go to the same balls. They go to the same events. They go to the same uh, fill in the blank with all of these bureaucrats and all of these bureaucrats just cannot stand Trump. And I think maybe some of these congressmen and women are just like, okay, finally, just make it stop. I'll give you. I'll give you some some sort of forum, except for my, you know, aside from my ear to voice your complaints. It, you kind of pick up what I'm putting down here. It's mm-hmm. just an opportunity to say, okay, okay, I'll give you your chance, your, your 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 chance in the sunlight, your spot in the, in the spotlight, um, in order to voice your frustration So you'll stop doing it when I'm trying to have a fundraiser over on you know Washington Avenue or whatever. I think that's part of what's happening here too.
1: Shannon, you get the last word on this one. What do you think? Unless you say something that uh, we find either profound or disagree with. Go ahead.
4: Well, I think that I mean I think that we. I have a very different perspective of this entire Im- impeachment process. I think from from all of you and probably many of your listeners. And first and foremost, I for one am incredibly concerned about President Trump and his relationship with Moscow. I am incredibly concerned about his relationship with Putin and and any type of collaboration pre. Pre 2016, I'm very concerned about the Russian interference in our election and their planned interference interference in the 2020 electoral process in this country. Their their roots now are deep in our country to the point where they have lobbyists in Washington D.C. I mean, they have huge organizations. All of that is very concerning to me. The impeachment is a, is a sham. It's a scam. It's fake. And the strategy that the Democrats are employing is the exact same strategy that the Republicans are employing. And that is to milk this puppy as long as they possibly can, because it rallies their base. It whips them into a frenzy. They're frothing at the mouth. They're raising money hand over fist. And this entire process is distracting the entire nation from all of the bills and the legislation and the budget bills that are being passed right now. One example is the Patriot Act was renewed this month. FISA courts are gonna be expanded this month. We have budget bills that that are funding the entirety of the Obama agenda. They're working very nicely behind the scenes, Republicans and Democrats. This is all for a show. And the point is status quo. It is to keep us in our D versus R mentality so that we can rip each other's heads off and fight over fake elections while they continue to do the exact same thing in Washington, D.C. that Bush did and that Obama did and then Clinton did. And it isn't until and so this is this is exactly what they need to do. Trump needs this impeachment as much as anyone else based on his record. And, And if you saw the I mean, Federal Reserve, New York and Atlanta are now coming out with I mean, Q4 GDP is rough, and there are many economists now saying that a recession is is a fait accompli in 2020. I mean, it's going to happen. How they try to spin that is is another thing. But there's not a lot substan- of substan- substantial policy and legislative victories um, that Trump can run on in 2020, and if we have a problem with the economy, then there is nothing else but impeachment. That They need us to be engaged in that process. And so I think that's a larger strategy.
1: See, I don't whether I, just, I agree with all of the codicils that you threw in there, and I don't dis, I, I I don't I don't disagree with the heart of any of them. Yeah, um, am I. I might, I might, I might disagree with the extent that you might go on some of them, right. but I don't, I don't disagree with the heart of any of them. I mean, the the, the, the overwhelming number one m- lament I have of this presidency is the ball washing of of the Putin and oons of the world, and you guys unfortunately have to sit here with me every time he does it. Okay, um, but you the, the 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 real to me core of the analysis you just gave what else are they going to do i mean this this is what why i have been that i've been telling our audience this all this year it's why i predicted last year that we were going to have an impeachment what else are they going to do they take every fight off the table there's nothing else to have they're not going to have any substantive policy fights at all none um and uh, the Republican Party doesn't want them. You know, the Republican Party of Mitch McConnell doesn't want them and agrees with Nancy Pelosi more than they agree with the people that the four people who are on this panel. And and I think I think Trump would actually do them if he thought he could win. But he's far more comfortable with this level of personality, mono e mano. Um, yep. side show that's yeah. it he's a reality TV show star um, it, it's how you know that he built a persona for himself to his credit that helped him withstand failed marriages scandals failed businesses because he was such a huge star he withstood all of the um, you know the 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 fallout that would normal that would take down a normal business mogul some of the, the the failures that he's had and so he's this is his native habitat is this arena he's far more comfortable here so I, I don't you know again I might I might disagree with some of the extent of where she goes in some of these places Todd but I don't disagree with the core of, my, of, of what she said at all
3: Nor do I which is why I think we can all agree to agree and set that aside and then talk about you know the solid food that Jonathan Turley had to offer which is why almost nobody is trying to take him on head on I mean that was as solid a food as it's I, I'm almost like I wanted to like see if he's real like is that a mirage because we don't get anything like that Uh, Within the political sphere. I mean, the guy was just an absolute rock star in his testimony.
1: Exit question. True or false? If Trump is reelected and the Democrats maintain control of the House, he will face another impeachment in his second term. Todd. Sure. Shannon.
4: False. I think they'll come up with a new storyline after that.
1: Okay. It's true. Yeah, I I think it's true. For the same reason. They have nothing yeah.
3: else. They're just lazy. It's just...
1: Yeah. I mean, it's... it's it, it, it's a, They're going to do a sequel. Yeah. I, I think. Yes. I, I think it's true. Let's get to issue four, your favorite Christmas decoration. Before we talk about the best and favorite Christmas decorations,
2: it's time to uh, appreciate some of the worst Christmas decorations of all time. Oh, holy night.
0: Stars are brightly shining It is the night
4: Of our dear Savior's birth
0: Long lay the world In sin and error Till he appears And the soul felt it's worth A thrill of hope The weary world rejoices, For yonder breaks A new and glorious morn
1: Who is singing this oh this is a classic it is oh yes it's right Never. up there with ding fries are done ding fries are done ding fries are, don't burn the fries and hot fat really hurts bad so is the skin graft is it that guy yeah i don't know sure. okay uh my favorite was the ditto i like that that's well played all right so this to me this is a character revealer that's why i that's why i threw it in for the kicker topic this week what's your favorite decoration and why shannon
4: well, I love the manger. I mean, I always love the scene of the manger, but, um, if I'm going to be honest and I don't have this Christmas decoration, but I want it really bad. I want, uh, like one of those old Lionel train sets, not a new one, one that's old, like from the sixties or seventies, Yeah. my neighbors have, and it's such, it has, like, it, they, it's like, it's such a nice sound and it's, it's. I don't know, soothing for some reason. So I think that I've been wanting one for ages and I've, I've bought a few different train sets and I always send them back because it doesn't quite get it. But uh, yeah, I think the Lionel train set is what I like.
1: And then plus you can throw yourself in front of it after witnessing another one of Aaron's bleep Democrats say montages, right? Yeah.
2: Yes. Shannon. Yeah. Shannon decorated really, really well. I remember you. You posted a few uh, pictures from your decking yeah. the halls um, mm-hmm. escapades mm-hmm. over the weekend, and I remember stopping and thinking, "Holy cow!" That's,
1: well, well played,
2: Aaron. That's what's
4: nice? yours? I'm not um, done yet.
2: Uh, <laughs> very nice. I, uh, I uh, back home. Some of the. Uh, some of the. Uh Christmas decorations that we put up on the Christmas tree. The um what are those called now? I they just I'm having a, a brain Ornaments. Here. Ornaments, or- thank you. Yes. So there <laughs> So those there there are a couple of ornaments that my mom has and I just loved these as a kid where you stuck the light inside the ornament yeah. and it like lit up the entire ornament. Yeah. I freaking love those.
1: Yeah, I've got several of those. One's like a board cube, another one is Darth Vader and his TIE Fighter. Yeah. I've got several like that. Todd.
3: Well, it's it's nativity scenes when my daughters are all for their first Christmas. They each got their own relatively, you know, nice. It's not like Playmobil or something uh, that they will now will pass on to them when they're adults. They'll take it with them. Then we've got the outdoor one like you have, uh, Steve, and I've got that lit up. I've got one of those. Now you don't have to put lights on your house. You put one of those Strobe light thingies you can buy yeah, now. And yeah. so I kinda of use that as a spotlight and I get up close and it creates all kinds of cool shadows on that the Nativity me. scene. I've, I've
1: got one and I haven't put it out yet. I it, forgot. Thank you for reminding it's, it's me.
3: It's all the nativity scenes. It's a Jesus took, but it's true.
1: Okay. Yeah, for me it's nativity scenes and I like I like blue Christmas lights. I'm a big fan of those. You know. And and we finally I finally talked to Amy last year. We went out and got a white tree because my grandma Myrna had one when I was a kid and I thought it was so it you was mean just like the awesome. dusted kind of no, thing? No, like a real like it's white, like a white Christmas tree. And so we 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 finally bought one a couple of years ago. So that was kind of cool. All right, uh, let's get to predictions. Shannon, go.
4: Okay, so I think that Chick-fil-A is going to endorse President Trump in the 2020 election and all of the evangelicals will forget about um, who they're donating to and it'll be okay.
1: We're good again. Yeah. Okay, I mean, you started, you had me concerned. You came off the top rope with some optimism. And I, I was really worried about where this hour was heading. And then I you, you 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 came back strong though and finished with the absolute most cynical prediction you could have possibly come up with in, in you know without um you know growing a beard. So I am I'm, I'm there it's, wouldn't want to disappoint. It's better now. Wait a way to close strong. Todd.
3: The return of Shannon Joyless. Gosh, that was so good I even I forgot what mine was. Oh no, it's it's gonna be based on the trailers alone. Man, if you haven't seen it yet, Mulan Blew my mind! It's going to be a better movie than the last Star Wars. Watch that trailer; it is lit.
2: Aaron, Uh, I think your picks are going to call from cynical to terrible. Go ahead; (laughs) are going to go eighty percent this weekend.
1: You think I'm going to go eighty percent? Huh? Yeah, I'm going eight and two. Eight, 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 yeah, eight and two. Okay, I'm going back to I'm going to football with my predictions as well. I think there's going to be at least one major upset during championship week that's going to throw off the college football playoff conventional wisdom. I don't think all these teams are going to win. Somebody's going to lose. Somebody is. There's going to be at least one. Shannon, always good to see you. Merry Christmas, okay? Take care. Have a good weekend. You too. Thank you. We will come back. Hour two is next and it's Feedback Friday. It is your turn as we respond to your responses to us here at the Steve Day Show live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast next. And we're back for hour number two. It's Feedback Friday here on Friday uh, here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at SteveDace.com. That's how you can email the program. D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Show. Feedback Friday, part one, brought to you by our friends over at Relief Factor who want to let you know that if you're one of millions of americans that is fighting back and struggling right now with too much chronic pain from too much inflammation in the body relief might just be one website away when you get the three-week quick start at relieffactor.com i was skeptical as well could it really be that good and then i started using this product earlier in this year and i can tell you That it is. I mean, this is going to be a part of my regular and daily regimen for the foreseeable future. I am an absolute believer. And it's not just that it works, but I love the way that it works. 100% drug free, four key, all natural ingredients, even though it's a formula that was created by doctors. So they can prescribe drugs, but they recognize also that your body's more than a machine. It's a created living organism and that it was made to push back against inflammation. If you put the right stuff in, you'll get the, uh, the, the, you'll get out of it what you want. And that's where relief factor comes into play. Now, if you think it's too good to be true, they want to offer it to you way below cost, a dollar a day for three weeks to give it a shot to see if you start seeing some relief what do you have to lose for a dollar a day? 20 bucks for the three-week quick start. What do you have to lose for that? Except maybe, finally, hopefully the pain. Give it a shot. Call their bluff. Get the three-week quick start at relieffactor.com. Again, that's relieffactor.com. Gentlemen, are we ready for some feedback Friday? Let's Go do get it. them. Let's begin with John. John writes, I am so frustrated. Not only do my own children not see it, but my very young granddaughters seem lost as well. Um, we lost this culture war in our schools. I see it in my own grandchildren who know about trans issues, but do not know anything about George Washington other than he owned slaves. We need God's help. I see no other way. So I am, I'm going to begin the, um, the opening outlining of a new book while we're off for our Christmas break. Next week's our our final full week of the year. Um, No, we have two more final full weeks because we're going all the way to the end of uh, the final week as well of new shows. Right, December December twentieth is our or nineteenth is our last air air date. Correct. Uh, Two weeks from today, the nineteenth and twentieth will
2: be fresh shows.
1: Okay, because two weeks is actually fourteen days. Is the twentieth? Yes. Okay, so we've got two more weeks left here. Um, two weeks from today, we're done for the year and then don't come back until I think January the 6th. And while I'm off, I'm going to put together an outline for a new book that we will put out in in 2021. You know, th- there, there's no point releasing any or, or planning on any book that isn't about the election next year. And this one is not. But um, the working title of the outline I'm going to put together and work on is, is, is Revival or Bust. And why the only hope we have is we've got to make a biblical worldview in America great again. And if we don't do that, we are absolutely doomed. And it's it's because we've abandoned these laws of nature and nature's God, John, that we have a school system that is doing what it's doing. I mean, I I love what groups like Campus Reform are doing. And we had the really smart young man from PragerU on the show just about a week ago, right? And, and 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 that's another organization that's taking the fight to what's happening in college campuses. But I'm reminded um, about, about 10 years ago, I went and gave a talk to the Christian Faculty Association at Iowa State University at their request. And then when I got done, I, I asked them, and I was actually surprised how many members there were. Uh, the, this group ha- probably had, 30 to 40 tenured faculty members on campus. Well, let's say maybe they had 25 and 30, and then there were probably some bothan spies in there, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. Um, and uh, um I asked the group afterwards, hey, when I when I go back on the air this afternoon, because I, I it was a lunch speaking engagement, I asked them, hey, when I when I go back on the air this afternoon, what what do you want me to say? To you know the thousands of believers in Iowa that I get to talk to, and every single one of those professors said said the same thing, which is, or actually, I think a couple of them said it, and then they all joined in in unison said, "Yeah, what, what he what he and she said, which is that if they're not prepared from a worldview standpoint before they get to college, the likelihood that an organization like a Campus Crusade or a Christian Faculty Association." the likelihood that they're going to be able to help them withstand the onslaught of what awaits them is very low. Organizations like that, they told me could help if they came prepared, could help them mobilize their preparation to, to, to to hold firm and stand in the gap. But if, if they're, if they're the seed that, you know, never takes root and then the waves come and the wind crashes, right? Or the wave, the winds come and the waves crash at it backwards. Uh, you, we, and you see when that happens to that seed, then it gets blown away. It gets scattered, and I understand why we go at the campuses because those are adults, and you know, we we don't go at minors, obviously. But but if they didn't get programmed while they were there, they were programmed to receive the programming they receive while they're there. Let me repeat that the the smart but dumb and idiotic non-commonsensical college students we saw in that prager u video or you see in these campus reform videos that we play on the show a lot they didn't get brainwashed brainwashed while they were there they were brainwashed to receive the brainwashing once they arrived and and i don't know how to defeat that um which is why we took the responsibility of just homeschooling our kids with our own because you're, you're up against a You're up against a, a leviathan. It would, it would require radical education reform. Um, the kind of thing where like, you know, in, in our state of Iowa, it costs around, I think $13,000 a year is what it costs the state to educate a child in, in the K through 12 public school system you'd have to initiate a system where that money, whatever that a dollar amount is in the state you live. I mean, you'd have to start with something like this, which is so, what I'm going to propose is so radical, it has no chance of getting passed. It'd be demagogued to death. And this would just be the first step to undoing this. You'd have to, you'd have to initiate a system where the amount of money that, that your state says it costs to educate your child per year that goes with them at a building, brick and mortar level. If they choose to go to a charter school, it goes with them there. If they choose to go to a private school, it goes with them there. If they choose to go to a religious school, it goes with them there. If, it, if they choose to stay home, it goes with them there. That wherever you choose for your child to go, the funding follows them on an individual level. For example, in a, you know in, here in Iowa, when we've homeschooled our kids, the state is still getting thirteen thousand some odd dollars a year to educate children that never have set foot in any of their classrooms. So I look at my son Noah. I had to come up with another ten grand out of my own pocket this year to send him to Des Moines Christian. Um, it's actually, you know, the state still is receiving thirteen thousand dollars in tax dollars, or the the West Des Moines Public School District is still getting thirteen thousand dollars for a seat that he never occupied, and then I'm I'm paying another ten grand out of my own pocket on top of that to send him to Des Moines Christian. That that level of defunding, where they would now have to go into the open space to compete for students because the 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 guaranteed funding mechanisms are gone I'll bet you every one of the all 50 US states in America the number one expenditure in their state budgets is education I think Iowa it's somewhere around 68 to 70% of our budget every year is is education expenditures that to me is your very first step that that's 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 your trauma treatment on a, on the on the at the accident site, at the crash site, when you're trying to stop the bleeding, that's your intensive care. That's the first step because you still have the curriculum and all of the rest of it. But the first step is you'd have to create a, you'd have to create a mechanism, a vessel by which collectively the student through the parent and or guardian was empowered to make the ultimate decisions and therefore, the system, in order to acquire that business, has to respond to the concern to to market forces and customer concerns in ways right now that they simply do not. And I think that has negative integers chance of passing because there's a demonic grip on this system. but I but and even if it did, that would just be the first step. You stopped the bleeding. there's been a there's been a terrible accident. You stop the bleeding, but the, the patient isn't healed. You he, he still require surgery, rehab, and everything else, but at least they're not going to bleed out. Anybody have any thoughts on that?
3: Well, one way to address that is what you've talked about in the past, of, uh, uh, what I do. I would uh, get absolutely get rid of the, uh, to get people thinking uh, differently, psychologically reset what's possible. I would get rid of the uh, uh, Department of Education at the federal level, uh, without eliminating the funding right out of the gate, block grant that to the various states, get them thinking about what can happen locally. You don't need this uh, big daddy at the federal level, and then you can that ideology can make them think differently about what you're talking about. It's possible. I mean, it's not definitive, but it's possible.
2: Yeah, and I, you know. Education in general, especially public schools, um, especially public schools before you get to college, raising hell at the school board. I mean, I think Todd can probably not thinking about anything specific here, but just knowing the type of person he is and the type of father he is, you know, um, raising hell when it needs to be raised. I mean, Todd can tell you most of the people, um, most of the people running schools are uh will back down if they actually are met with you know somebody who will stand up to them so that's that's the number one thing and i know that's i mean that's what shannon joy talks about all the time at the local level that's that's what you can do but as far as i I mean i agree with todd though i mean as far as thinking differently about this you know um that's what if you were potentate for a day getting rid of government is always going to help but we have uh We have a really tough time in this culture doing
3: that. Aaron's right. But if I was one guy at the high school in Steve's district, Valley High School, one of the most uh, well-to-do and largest in the state, it would take more than just me, no matter how. Yes. uh, I I chose for the very specific reasons i chose a semi-rural district much smaller much easier to navigate i can't get i have much more power pound for pound in that district than i do if i was in your district yep
1: that's that's exactly right yep daniel bradshaw writes your theme for 2020 should be yes we went there that's pretty good what do you guys think I, think that's I like it. Good. Yeah.
3: It's kind of redundant, but I I like is mean,
1: Isn't that kind of what we just already do on yeah. an everyday basis?
3: But I appreciate maybe it.
1: Maybe that maybe maybe that was his point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's good though. Jeff Payne says, "No longer are we to be men, women, girls, boys, families, crafted in the image of our Creator, endowed with unalienable rights. We are just accidents of evolution, uh, muttering pointless prayers in an unhearing universe, living in fear of inevitable oblivion, death." Our only equality is that we are equally subject to the will of those with power. That Jeff is what's at the heart of progressivism. See, they, they think the, the state the, the spirit of the age progressive believes that they are freeing human flourishing by divorcing it from divine responsibility and eternal accountability. That's what they believe but the, the 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 problem is the deepest and most intimate need we as human beings have is to know god and to love him when we ignore that reality we cannot ever really divorce ourselves from it. And so we we cannot avoid then, therefore, creating things from this world in order to meet that need, in order to fulfill that desire. So there's no such thing as divorcing yourself from divine responsibility and eternal accountability there's no such thing it's it, it, it's like it, it's like running outside right now yelling at a cloud divorcing yourself from gravity i i i divorce myself from pi being 3.14 i refuse i refuse to accept this i refuse to accept e equals mc squared right i i i, I refuse I refuse to 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 um, uh, to accept that matter equals the height, width, and depth. I just refuse these things. It just cannot be. if If someone did those sorts of things and said them out loud, we'd have them committed. We wouldn't have them run for office, and they wouldn't have millions of eager throngs lining up to say, yeah, you know what? I I want to deny that matter equals height width and depth too. They wouldn't we wouldn't do that. But we do do that when someone wants to deny who is the author of all that reality that I just cited. And so there's this tug of war. There's this there's this desire we have to go our own way. And proclaim ourselves the the rightful gods. And that's a powerful desire that we all have succumbed to. But it is not more powerful and intimate than to know God and to be loved by him and to love him. And so that's where this tension is at constantly. Which is why when we give up the rope on this one and say, yes, I am the rightful God we will then begin to put things in in place that we think will satisfy the desire and need we just claimed we didn't have and don't want and this plays itself out by the way on a on a contiguous, on a continuous scale the only avowed socialist, I mean, Elizabeth Warren won't own the term, but she's one. The only avowed socialist running for president is a multimillionaire with three homes. How come when, when, when lesbians get into a intimate relationship with one another, one of them inevitably becomes the masculine? Why is that? Why? I thought you didn't need a man Thought you didn't like men didn't desire them. take the flannel off Grow out your hair Why is your voice deeper than mine? I thought you didn't need a man Why are you becoming one you didn't need a man so much you became one That doesn't make any sense And we create. And the reason it doesn't make any sense is this is insanity. It is the creation of an alternate reality that's not real. And I think I'm, I'm not telling you anything, Jeff. You don't know. I can tell this by the eloquence of the words you that you wrote. You get this. But I'm using your email as a as a launching point to make this point to the rest of our audience here today. That's why, when they, that, that's why inevitably something has to be in charge. If God will not be in charge, then the government will become God and it will be in charge. If the church is not the institution on earth that teaches the, the morals and values a culture should have, then the state will do it instead because something has to deti- decide. There must be some ethical system. There must be some right or wrong. Even Ayn Rand, the most overrated thinker in American history. Even she agreed, inevitably, at some point, there had to be something objectively true. Otherwise, there's no order to the universe. And what's the point of anything? Even she said these things while cursing God and his people. So, what that's why we're not up against a political philosophy. We're just, we're just not. You're up against a religion. And that's why I'm, I'm thinking about writing a book to come out in 2021. I'm going to put the outline together over my break. And, and the working title I'm going to use for my outline is Revival or Bust. If we don't make a biblical worldview in America great again, there won't be an America, or at least not one worth having. You have any thoughts on that, gentlemen? Um,
3: well, the the chaos that you're talking about does come through categories i mean it all falls into the headline of the seven deadly sins and i point that out because you're talking about a the, a writer as a power dynamic that takes pace they 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 want a certain lordship over us this whole thing is what happens in uh, narnia when the white witch comes into town after yep. she shaved aslan and she's got his mane on she she wants to rule and the sev- the deadliest of the seven deadly sins is pride and that's why this this Smugness, this need to put you in your place and let you know who you are, and that you're better, and that you're special. It's as if you if you stop and pay attention, it's as obvious as you should expect it to be.
2: Yeah, that's uh, extremely well said, and you know, it, it one of the best I think things that we that we had what we started to do on this show, and we've been doing this for a long time, even before. I think even Todd and I uh, came on, but especially, especially in the last few years, is talking more and more about our political opponents, less as political opponents, and more in religious terms and using religious imagery because that's that's what we're up against right now. And I just want to harken back to, I think it was last week or a couple of weeks ago. I think it was just last week. What we're talking about here is a rival relig- religion that is extremely powerful, more powerful even so than maybe Islam as we, as we noted during that one kind of uh, offshoot events, event in Australia where the dude who felt pretty was just completely beating the crap out of uh, women, some of whom were Muslim. And there were no Muslim men coming to take that dude on. That's just one small kind of anecdotal a- example. But this religion – it is a religion, progressivism. And that's one of the best decisions that we've talked about, it, that it is a powerful rival religion. And it, it's, it's, it's never going to win the day uh, in a cosmic sense, but right now it is it is more powerful, uh, it, so it seems, than I think just about anything that we can talk about because it do- so dominates every facet, or at least it tries to, every facet of everybody's existence.
1: And the reason why it's so powerful is its tagline is, is, the, is the original sin. Did God really say? And so it, it plays perfectly to the bonfire of our own vanities. It plays perfectly to it. It, hit, it hits the sweet spot of what we all want to hear. I can do whatever I want, especially with my wallet and zipper. And if it blows up in my face, blame someone else for it and or make you pay for it at the same time. And if we're not if 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 we're not acknowledging divine responsibility and eternal accountability, why would we reject that? Answer you would not. You wouldn't reject that. That's the most logical conclusion of how to live this thing out here on this earth without divine responsibility and eternal accountability. Neil writes, I'm a public school teacher in Washington State two hours east of Seattle in a much more moderate part of the state. I believe that every public school teacher in the country is going to be impacted by the pronoun issue over the next few years. I remember you talking to the elected official in the Northeast U S that was forcing the government to individually discuss all 50 plus gender pronouns. And then the government dropped the ball, the bill altogether. Oh, that was a state Senator in Massachusetts, uh, Jim. Oh yeah. I can't remember his name, but yeah. I was wondering if instead of resisting the him, her craziness as a teacher, what would you think about teachers of conscience insisting that their pronouns be something like Jesus is Lord, if they're forced to call a boy her and so on in an effort to self district or self destruct the pronoun issue.
3: Amen. That's the way you do it. That's how you
1: do it. That's, 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 that's how you do it. And I have a good job. I work for myself although I have a board that I'm accountable to that's above me, but I work for myself. I own my own company. I own this show and Blaze TV predominantly and others pay me for my time and my content. But it could go away at any time. I only bring that up because I know that it's easy for me to say right now because of the position I'm in but I've, I've lost multiple jobs in this industry over the years. Most of the time, it was just economic realities of the, of the station or the entity I worked for. Others, it's because of what I think and believe. If we're not willing to suffer for the name, we're not going to get anywhere the the fear of losing a job or being banned in the end all of the people that that made it possible for us to be here thought there were things more important in life than that and we're going to have to make that decision i have a good situation right now at the blaze but you know who knows what the future holds People get hit by a bus, tragedies happen, a fair arises, who knows not Joseph, and then maybe decides new people become in charge and are like, we don't really care what your ratings and stuff are. We really want you to do these team GOP talking points. You guys know what my answer to that's going to be. You were here when Salem demanded we do conference calls with Kevin McCarthy. How many of those did I attend? You guys know it's a real low no- no number. It, didn't, it doesn't take you long to keep track. How many did I attend? None. Negative. Negative integers, none. I was never doing that. And I even told you guys when we weren't going. Just so you guys know, you guys got bills and families too, and you're relying on me for those. I am okay with getting fired over this, right? We have those conversations. No, yeah,
3: we're kind of of on it.
1: Yeah. So in the end, in the end, if you're not willing to suffer or lose that which this world says is the most valuable, then you're, you're going to be held hostage by this world. And I'd love to get more exposure. I'd love to be on Fox and trending on Drudge. I'm not, we're not doing this to have, you know, trying to have less audience, folks. I'd love to do those things. And, you know, um, there's other people that have my belief system that probably do it better that already have those kinds of platforms. And then there is, what would I have to do to break into that? And I'm not willing to do any of it. So no, is the answer. No, I'm not, I'm not doing those things, but thank you. No, we have to master the word no. We're all here because a few apostles said no. 56 signers to a declaration of independence said no. Change agents looked at the, looked at the world system and said no. That's why we're here. What, what is it that the, you know, we say this about judges, what, what, what could the judges decree that can the conservative movement and or Republican party would just say enough is enough of this? Well, uh, you know, what, what could the system compel us to say, do or believe that we would say no? Why would we expect our politicians to say no when we won't?
3: Exactly. And that's it right there.
1: You want to expand on that? Go ahead.
3: No, I mean, that's the fundamental point. That's, that's how they get us because they know. Who we? I mean, they, yep. we can sit there and rail and shake our fist at the cloud. They, they, they own us because we let ourselves be owned in the exact way you're talking yes.
1: about. Yes. Yep. Man, you know, I can't tell you how freeing it is to not live your life needing approval of other people's expectations or other people's approval on almost any level. And by the way, the people people know that too. That's why they think you're dangerous. We need to be more dangerous part two of feedback friday brought to you by real estate agents i trust more good economic news including wage growth up three percent in the month of november so if, if you want to take advantage of which still a robust economy a good real estate market with plunging mortgage rates, it's a good time to go. Just make sure you go in though with a real estate agent that you can trust. Someone whose track record of success has been fully vetted and proven. Someone whose knowledge of the marketing and the market that you're buying and or selling in has been fully proven and vetted as well. And then someone who gets and understands what professional courtesy means. This is a very relational process between you and your agent. The chances of it being successful, if there's not a rapport there, Go down. On the other hand, if you guys do click, the chances it will work go up. So if you want an agent that checks all three of those boxes, then you want to go to realestateagentsitrust.com. It's different than your average referral service, which is usually about trying to find clients for agents. But at realestateagentsitrust.com, it's about finding an agent worthy of having you for a client. So if you want to find the right agent that you can trust anywhere in America, go to realestateagentsitrust.com I trust dot com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Let's go back to some more feedback Friday. This is from Clarabeth. She says, I often hear you say, that's a cool name, by the way, a cool kind of traditional old fashioned name that that like if you were named Clarabeth like in the 70s, you probably would have felt like, you know, I, yeah, why did my parents give me such an old name? But now that more years have gone by, isn't that kind of like now it's like like Olivia? Like, doesn't that just sound like a name that kind of should come back? Yes, right? I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. It's a cool name. I like it. Claire Beth says, I often hear you say that most of America doesn't pay attention to all the craziness going on. But I also hear you say that people are tired of the drama and for that reason are for impeachment or will vote Trump out. So which is it? Am I missing something when I process both statements? That is a good question to have to have me clarify, okay? The 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 answer is that the reason people are not paying attention is because of the craziness. That it's there, there's not a contradiction here. The, this is a complementary relationship. The craziness is why people are not paying attention. And they they've People aren't watching shows they used to watch, reading websites they used to read. I mean, how many how many people? Have, and maybe you guys are. Like, I'm like this. Where how many people you know that you used to talk politics with and be political junkies with? That if you guys are hanging around flipping channels and a cable news one of the cable news channels comes on, you or the other person instantly says, "I, I turn the channel. I don't want to watch this. I don't want it on."
3: Sure, that's common.
1: Yeah. Was it as common three or four, five, six years ago? No. No.
3: So, and certainly not. And so 10, I think ten to fifteen. And yeah. so
1: I, I think there's this, there's this, and it, it stems from the idea that Trump is the cause for why this stuff's not. Th- these are not inhabitable planets, <laughs> all right. I'm sorry. It's the it's the it's the uh, thirty uh, on this day in 1991, Star Trek: Sixty Undiscovered Country came out. And so I was looking at some stuff on Twitter about that about a half hour ago. So I've got science fiction on my brain here. That's why I've made all these science fiction references. So I apologize. Okay. But there's this notion that these were all class M inhabitable planets. And then Trump came in and screwed up the prime directive. And and now we can't do these, can't do this anymore. That's not true. Okay. Um, Trump's rise is because this was already happening. But, you know, one of the reasons that you move out to a place like I live in the suburbs is because you think it grants you an ability to um, have a little bit more control over your own destiny and narrative. And it really doesn't. It just, it, it's a nice sentiment and mirage that it gives you, okay? But it's that's what it is, Claire Beth. It's that people think, these people that I'm talking about think that Trump is the reason why they they can't watch these shows or 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 enjoy them any longer that they've just become so ridiculously anti-trump or so ridiculously pro-trump that you know we we can't have a serious conversation anymore and i agree that they that that's what the, these industries have become i i agree with that but i think it, again it's it's symptomatic that once people recognized there was there no there wasn't a market for a serious conversation anymore, and a lot of these lefties who told me they wanted one really didn't. They just want to conquer me. That's when they decided, well, I guess we'll just go Trump at that point trump trump is 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 the substitution for what has occurred. it it's where it's not the cause of what has happened. And when he goes away, we're, we're just going to have... The, we had we had Bush derangement syndrome. And then it was Palin derangement syndrome. And now we have Trump derangement syndrome. You're going to have a derangement syndrome over... If, 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 the, if the Republican Party has as a central figure, anybody that's to the right of Barack Obama, we're just going to have this derangement syndrome. And hell, if the pace were going, I wouldn't be shocked... If 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 Trump wins again, if if we might ha- we might see Obama derangement syndrome, I, you know, I mean, they've already th- thrown his whole legacy under the bus as we speak in this primary. Who knows? OK, I mean, one lefty rag was so upset with him. They they said Barack Obama is a conservative now or something. Wasn't that a headline recently? Something along those yeah, that lines? Was a
2: New York. No, Washington Post headline. Yes. I think. OK.
1: I mean, he's out there talking about don't have sex with women you're not married to you know don't have fatherless kids we, okay boomer yeah we can't have you know we, we can't cancel everybody's health care i tried it look what happened to me let's be realistic here right that's some of the stuff he's saying right now right okay i'll, I'll get it i if you think i can help you help us save the party from bernie sanders i'll do that too <laughs> yes Barack obama's about is Obama is about five minutes away from getting okay boomer as aaron just pointed out all right Um, You want to add anything to that, Todd? No,
3: that's, I, airtight, absolutely airtight. I endorse that message.
1: Jarrett Beck says, I am a supporter of the Convention of States movement to limit the federal government. However, I read a tweet recently from Congressman Thomas Massey that was somewhat criticizing it for saying that Congress doesn't obey the constitution now. Why would they obey it even after it's amended? What do you think about this criticism? Well, let me say this. I like Thomas Massey a lot, and he's one of my favorite members of Congress. I don't agree with him on everything because he's more libertarian than me, but I, he, he's, we need more public servants like Thomas Massey, not fewer. And, and I really mean that. And that sounds therefore like a disclaimer before I drop the hammer. That's also true. Okay. So it was, it was true. Everything I just said about how much I like Thomas Massey was true. So I want to make sure that's said first. Okay. But, um, this is also true. That's a terrible argument. I mean, remember a few days ago when we had the climate change, the 11,000 global warming uh, grown-up Greta Thunbergs. Is that her name, Thunberg, right? Thunberg. Thunberg, okay. Uh, Who demand population control because of global warming. And how did I respond to that? Prove to me you really believe this. Start with yourself and your own loved ones. Do that first show that you really do believe there's too many people begin with yourself and your loved ones and then we'll talk otherwise you're just advocating a form of murder that that you get to select who goes and who doesn't this is a you're you're basically just advocating that we live out Shirley Jackson's famous short story the the lottery and you're in control of whose number comes up that's all similarly if if Thomas if Congressman Massey was here with me I would say this to him in response to that. You don't really believe that. Otherwise, why are you going to work in the US Congress every day? I mean, what's the point of, why keep going back? What are you doing there then? So prove to me you really believe that the system is totally and completely impenetrable resign your own congressional seat go work in the private sector get on with your life that would be my response jared i don't i don't really believe he believes that otherwise i don't know why he'd keep showing up to work every day in congress now i could i don't know him i know several people that do know him well and i follow his work closely i could see him coming back at me with something like it's just too much damn fun just to go there and remind and pester these people every day about just how truly lost they are. What better platform for trolling is there than a congressional seat? And that might be where I might have to give that up. I might have to, give, give <laughs> might have to uh, round Massey, okay? But that would be my initial comeback. My initial comeback would be, um, and I'm going to make him at least say that answer. Because if you really believe the system's insalvageable, then why are you sitting in that chamber then? Why are you wasting your time? You know what? I I, um, I don't believe that system is salvageable, which is why I told my friend Chip Roy not to run. He has been his family's been through an awful lot with his health and everything else. He already did a tour of duty, by the way, too. He's already been on. He's already served two U.S. senators, including Ted Cruz. So it's not like he's not done his bit for king and country here. I didn't think it was worth him putting the added stress on his health and his family for so little ROI. He disagreed because of the urgency of the situation and ran and got elected. And it's because I think the system is insalvageable that I'm actually for the convention of states. And if we are at the point and maybe we are, I don't know, but if 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 you if you are at if we are at the point that even if you called an article 5 convention the powers that be would just ignore the laws that the people put forth in such an enterprise then go buy all the guns you possibly can. Go buy every gun you can get your hands on and all the ammo you can because you're going to need it. So it's actually, that would be my second retort. It's because I think Congress is is unsalvageable that I'm for this. If, if I thought we could do this, like I pointed out the last time this conversation came up, what was that, like a week or so ago? If I thought we could do this in the conventional means, I wouldn't risk any potential Pandora boxes that a convention of states could open. But it's because I, I don't believe we can, that it's time for the Hail Mary pass now. You throw the Hail Mary pass when it's late in the game, and it's your only recourse for a victory. You don't throw a Hail Mary pass when you're trailing at halftime. Or, you're, or there's ten minutes to go in the fourth quarter, or even five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. You don't do that. You do it when, when we're when we're down into the final minutes and or seconds, and you've got to make up a long distance, and you need to you need the it's winner go home. I think we're at that point. You guys want to add any of that at all?
3: My bigger question is not as if we can follow something but if we can even produce something worth following still may be worth throwing that hail mary pass but you'll and i'm in on it now in a way i wasn't uh several years ago but that's my concern if you get to the point this isn't like a a a monarchy uh overseas gone bad this is can, can this people who put down so much freedom took it for granted sullied it can that people rally at this point and produce something worth following. I'm skeptical, but we'll see.
2: Yeah. I mean, the, the, I've seen, we've seen this. If you watch college football this year, you've seen this 500 times and you've probably seen it 500 times before the band is on the field. You know, that, that old Mm -hmm. throwback call and, and the chances of who was that? Was that UCLA? Cal and Stanford. Cal and Stanford. That was John Elway's
1: last college football game.
2: So did, did did Cal think, um, did Cal think that they were going to win that game? probably not. Nope. And they probably thought, well, the very fact that we have to throw a, a Hail Mary pass probably means that um, that it's not in the cards for us today anyway. No, the whole point is, you know, what there's if there's a percentage chance, if there's if there if it's 0.1%, then it's worth taking that chance even though it means that it's probably not going to work. The, the the fact that there's a chance means, and I I just I'm saying this because I don't because I, I want to avoid the the old trap, and it's more true than not. That's why we bring it up a lot. But if you're in blank situation, it means that blank is is probably true. And I don't want to sit here and say you know if we're in the situation where we're left with a uh, uh, um, you know a convention of states, that probably means that we're not even capable of putting one on. It's it's just as you said, a hail mary pass.
1: Yep. But here's why I because only a committed remnant could pull off making it happen that i am confident therefore if you have the commitment to pull off even making a a cos happen you that give that that shows me therefore you 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 have a good chance of having the the committed remnant to to fulfill it once you pull it off because the the task of even making it happen is herculean right? You can't just do this willy-nilly. they getting all the states and the organization and everything it takes. If you've got the commitment and the remnant that is committed to even organizationally, even calling that, making that mechanism ratified to happen, the chance, then chances are you can see it through. Similar to, you know, yeah, there's a few guys every now and then that are gamers, but 99.999% of athletes are not better in games than they are in practices. They're not. They tend to be a lot better in practices than they are in games. It's the other way around, you know? If, if, and so if you can pull off the organization, if you've got the remnant that's, con- that's got the commitment to pull off even getting a COS to occur, then I like your odds of being able to keep it reined in once, once it actually, you know, were to gavel in. Um, let's go through another a couple of these quickly, shall we? Uh, Mark Bongard uh, writes, as always, my wife and I thoroughly enjoyed Theology Thursdays. And, and especially the, the recent list you guys did of orthodoxies as I pondered them I had one question that perhaps you could address in the future. I've come to agree with the premise that humans are not inherently good However, given that premise. Why is it that some hum- Why is it that some humans seek out god? My wife and I have been on a spiritual quest for some time, especially since my retirement about two years ago We used to be very involved in the episcopal church teaching sunday school and serving in the vestry But we became very disenchanted with the church and its clergy I can't imagine why. Uh, Watching your show on The Blaze has aided us in the journey. It has been a comfort and thought-provoking experience. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Stories like yours is why we do this the way that we do it. And as the answer to your question, because we're in the lightning round, if you were a Calvinist, you wouldn't have to wrestle with that question. Let's move on. (laughs) Matthew Dorner says, did you like that? Sure. (laughs) Sure. Uh, I haven't missed an episode in probably three years because of the ability to listen to the podcast while farming, etc. cetera. I love the show. I know it may not be a strength or as much as a concern for you, but I believe the deep state issues we face as a nation need to be addressed. As a conservative Christian, I just cannot stand so many things that this administration does. However, I firmly believe your Blaze TV partners like Beck with his Ukraine specials and Kevin Freeman with his economic war room have really exposed so much that has gone on behind the scenes that I'm afraid many of your listeners may not realize. I'm ask, And so I'm not asking for a large dose of the subject, but there is more at stake in this coming election than just reprobates running for office. Trump has been denied any chance at governing on so many levels matthew um thank you for the kind words why would we repeat the work that glenn and kevin are doing i i mean first of all how could i possibly do it better than they they are doing i i answer i can't so um my answer would be it, that content is already being provided in at a far better way than than I possibly could. So, I I I view it as somewhat redundancy. Um I do think it might be worth it to us to get Kevin Freeman on our show at some point in the future. Okay. Um and just bring him on for a full hour and introduce more of his work to our audience. They may not be as familiar with his work as as, as Glenn obviously, who's one of the biggest stars the industry's ever had, but that those guys do that, and Glenn has been phenomenal with that level of investigative, going back to Van Jones and his ties to communists and things of that nature when he was on Fox, and you know, so we all kind of have our wheelhouses, and, and the wheel, the primary wheelhouse we have for our show is is it's it's the biblical worldview aspect, and and that's kind of the unique thing that we bring to the table in the way we see and analyze the events, but. I, I, I don't know how we could possibly do a better job than two outlets that are already giving you the content you say that you want. And they're going to probably do it better than we could do it. Gentlemen, any final thoughts here today?
2: Yeah, I, I wonder if we could turn that TV behind you into a chalkboard.
1: <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, no, I, I an update to uh, to something that I told you about um, last week. The, the guy in the parking lot... Uh, at work here, who said um, as I was coming in? Hey, are you that Pete Buttigieg comes from behind? And you guy? thought you were going to get stabbed? Uh, no, he's a nice guy. He turned out to be a
1: nice guy, but you thought you were going to get stabbed yeah, for about well, three seconds. Maybe. No,
2: yeah. I I met him again this morning. His name is Andy. So okay.
1: shout out to Andy.
2: That's my final. Thank thoughts. you for
1: not and thank you for not stabbing him, yeah. Andy. We appreciate that. Thank you for not being a stabber, Andy. Thank you for not being a stabber. We're going to stick around and do a little overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers. It'll be our best and worst of the week. We know what we know what Aaron's is. Not getting stabbed. Not getting stabbed. That's his best of the week. For the rest of you, enjoy the weekend and stay out the ditches until Monday, John 317.
0: This is Steve Dace.
4: On the Blaze Radio Network.